Okay, uh, welcome back to another great episode of Coffee in the Library. Uh, we are going to uh, talk about an issue that I cannot name outright because there are certain <laughs> algorithms out there that are going to like clamp down, shadow ban, you know, <laughs> prevent this thing from going out there because we're talking about a certain thing that they don't want us to talk about. But before we get into the topic, Pastor Chipita Sivali of Kawata Baptist Church, welcome. Thank you, Mansa. It's good to be here and welcome to our viewers. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't even know what episode we are on, but this is an episode <laughs> of Coffee in the Library. Um, yes, so our topic today is the irrational, uh, I'm calling it the irrational fear of death that we have. Something has happened over the last year or two that has exposed a certain fear of death among us. Um, is there such a thing as an, a, a, a rational fear of death and an irrational fear of death? Mm -hmm. How do we tell which is which? Alright, so that's a bit of understanding of things. So when you say something is rational or rational, basically I say it's something that is uh, based on logic or reason. Mm -hmm. So when you say irrational, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's something that's not based on logic or reason. Yeah. Now, when we talk of death, and let's use the current example of the coronavirus. There's a sense in which you're seeing both irrational fear of death and irrational fear of death. Now, irrational fear of death is where it looking at the, the circumstances in the sense that uh, people are dying from the coronavirus. Yes. And then, based on that, it's, it's based on reason and logic. You're seeing what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then, there's a sense in which you wonder, I thought in, in the early years of COVID, the first, the first time we heard of it, yeah. 2019 into 2020, was we didn't know how it was transmitted. Yeah. There were so many views. So in that sense, uh, there was this fear, and the fear was as a result of uh, a lack of information. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know whether you have it or not, you didn't know who has it or not. So in that sense, you could say there was some bit of uh, rational <laughs> in it. But now the irrational is the result of that. We've got all this information, mm -hmm. and then we've sort of now uh, boxed certain events, as it is in those events where now there is this, where you can get coronavirus or not. And what I'm saying is, you find that people are saying don't go to church. Like church, COVID is just sitting at church waiting for mm -hmm. us. But it's okay to go to the mall. It's okay to go to work. It's okay to go to any other function. So that's, it's, it's not based on logic. But it's, it, it, it's based on uh, well, it's not logic, so it's, it's irrational in that sense because there's nothing that tells you that if you're in this place or in that place, you're safe for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, COVID-19 has really brought about this some aspect of irrational fear. Yeah. Uh, when, when I'm when I'm thinking irrational and irrational fear, I sort of think of it in terms of a child, right? The child who comes to the parent and says. Uh, uh, mom, dad, I'm afraid of the dad. I think that there is a, there is boogeyman. a yes, there's a boogeyman <laughs> in my room. Uh, that would be an irrational fear because it's not 
Not based on reason or logic. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, in fact. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, it would be one thing if if the if if, if, if the child is saying, I think that there is a, I think there's a there's a bear in my bedroom, and there's a bear. <laughs> uh, in, in, in that yes, it's, 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 there's there's that rational and irrational fear, uh, fear of death. Um, now, relating to the the, the the situation that we have, um, I, I think it would be because because this discussion tends to have no nuance. Yes. Yeah. Um, the moment you question the situation, you are labeled as some sort of denier yeah. of the facts that are. Um, and so, uh, rational in that, I don't think we're looking at it as, as rational in that sense, like there's no disease or no, 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 no. anything like that. Um, what, what, when, when I think irrational fear of death, I think uh, this idea that death can be avoided, mm-hmm. almost indefinite. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, when I'm thinking irrational fear of death, I'm thinking of it in that sense, okay. where um, there's this... Uh, death is the greatest fear. There's nothing more, there's nothing to be feared more than death. Mm-hmm. Or that there is a way in which we can wrap ourselves up in bubble wrap mm-hmm. and cling wrap mm-hmm. and avoid any exposure mm-hmm. to harm or fear uh, or, or, or death. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like rational and 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 and, and mm-hmm. irrational in that sense. Um, and so, looking at it from the, there are some things we can protect ourselves from, and there are others that we cannot. Mm-hmm. So, there's that rational and irrational uh, nature to it. Um, and and when processing through it, it's sort of, from my mind, it's like there is a, almost an attack on the sovereignty of God. Yeah, it seems like I'm. I I can even feel the pushback. Like you, you are you are being too harsh. It's got nothing to do with God's sovereignty. Um, but how do we mesh these? Like the, this rational, irrational, in light of the fact that there is a God who has ordained all things. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So for instance, what one of the things that we need to have in mind. And the key about is what you mentioned, it's the sovereignty of God. Now, the sovereignty of God uh, is, first of all, it's something that people fight, particularly non Christian, even some of the Christians. Yeah. It's that when you talk of the sovereignty of God, you've got this idea of God that God is just supposed to do good things for us. Yeah. Now, when you talk of sovereignty of God, you are saying God is in control of all things. And that includes your life. And so if God has said you will die because of coronavirus, there's nothing that you're going to do about it. Coronavirus will kill you. Now, yes, you can go to the hospital, you can even get vaccinated. But if God will sovereign, saw it fit in eternity back before you were there, that COVID-19 will kill you, there's nothing that you'll do about it. Uh, but but also tied to that is that there is God's sovereignty, then the human responsibility. The two of them are never in conflict. Uh, they are like two guardrails parallel to each other. Yeah. Uh, so human responsibility entails doing everything with the knowledge I have 
to protect myself from COVID-19. But then I should not live as if that's the only thing that I'm supposed to do. There is a God who is sovereign. Now, the misunderstanding about God's sovereignty is that if I just sat here and do nothing, and if God has ordained, the God who is sovereign decided it didn't to happen. Because God who is sovereign has also put in me the means. So, I know that one day I will die. But when I'm crossing the road, I don't cross with my eyes closed that if I'm going to die today, let it be so. But I'm I'm cautious. Because the the means is that I know a car will kill me. And so, I have to observe the traffic rules. Now, sometimes, we live as if, if I observe the traffic rules, then I cannot be bashed by a car. Yeah, a car can lose control and hit me. But the point is, God who's sovereign doesn't need anyone's consultation. He does as he wants. So even in this COVID-19, people have been, some people have been questioning God's sovereignty. He's allowed it. So the question we need to ask ourselves, then why God has allowed it to happen, may he give us wisdom to know how to respond to this. Now, what, what you're saying reminds me of a story called the Merchant of Samara, uh-huh. uh, where this uh, this merchant is uh, is uh, he's selling his products in the streets, um, and uh, and he sees death coming for him. Yeah, or he sees death in the street. In the so street, he, uh, he yeah. looks at death, and death. He's shocked. Death also looks yeah. shocked, and so he. He's afraid. Scampers. Scampers. He runs away, goes to another, he goes to Sabah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he thinks, okay, uh, I'm safe here. I'm safe here. And then the following day, he meets death. And he says, What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? You, I, I ran away from you. Yeah. And then death says, I was also shocked when I saw you there because yeah. I knew it's today. Our appointment it's was, <laughs> was here in, this in place. Sabah. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and there's 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 an element of of of, of that what you're talking about yeah. in God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. It's that um, almost like what will happen will happen. Yeah. whatever will be. <laughs> yeah. Will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so um, the analogy I've got in my mm-hmm. head is uh, is there, there are two different ways of living. Mm-hmm. There's the fatalism. Uh, I shouldn't do anything. Whatever happens will yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And then there is uh, the overly Cautious. Uh, everything is in my control. I can protect. Mm. I can provide. And I'm doing yeah. that. Angle. So, how do we determine when to run and when to hide? And to, to frame it just one last thing, um, uh, the, 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 the image I have in my head is um, there is a bully mm. in my neighborhood. I need to go to school. There's a bully in my neighborhood who I said, if you come out of the house, I will beat you. Right? But I need to go to school. There are things I have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, rational fear is knowing that the bully is outside. Mm-hmm. He is a bully who's beat you. He can beat you. Yeah. But I also have things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Things and must be. Life he, must move. Yes. There are, there are things that have to yeah. be done mm-hmm. uh, in, in light of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I hope you understand the, yes, the, the yes, question yeah. I'm posing. So how do we... Harmonize. Yeah, yeah. Too. So should I go to school or stay at home? Yes. Yeah. Because there's a bully out there. Yes. There's a rational yeah. 
There's a logical thing going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, the the irrational position, mm-hmm. as as I say, would be to stay. Yeah. But how do we marry the yes. marry the two? When, when in in that scenario, for instance, you forget that the bully at some point may have to leave the streets <laughs> to go to the toilet yeah, or something. Yeah, and then give you that op- window of opportunity. So in that case, for you, you'll be observing the bully. Yeah. Uh, is, he, is he still at your gate? Yeah. Is he still walking to and from yeah. in front of your house? Has he turned around? Has he turned around? Is he tired now? Is he leaving? Yeah. So the point is this. In that example, is at one point, there will be that window of opportunity for you to go to school. Yeah. It might even mean you getting there late. Yeah. Uh, and that's one. Then the other way would be, you find ways. It could be ask people within your home <laughs> to accompany you. Yeah. Or find a way of reporting the bully. Yeah. But this is just an example, isn't it? But let's get back to our, our situation here. Our situation is such that we live in, in a land that has laws. Yeah. And that's Christians, to address Christians. Uh, Romans 13 and first and first Peter. Yeah. It talks about uh, uh, us obeying or honoring the king. Yeah, uh, the governing authority. And the point is this, is that because God has placed us in a particular situation and location, and there are, there are, there are, there are laws governing that, that, that kind of, uh, let's say, country, mm-hmm. you must be able to live within those laws. Within those laws. And that's by doing so, we are ultimately obeying the, the ultimate authority, which is God. Now, what, does the, what, does the, what are those laws? We must mask Social distancing. Maintain high levels of hygiene. Uh, and all those things. Be careful and all those things. If you can avoid certain movement, do so. Now, the authorities are not saying us, don't do this. By saying do them, but within these limitations. Now, we confuse Romans 13 with the situation in Acts 5. Now, in Acts 5, the apostles were told, don't preach in Christ, Christ's name. Now, in a case, for instance, where I'm told, don't, don't do this, then I must be able to say, okay, so which is the ultimate authority? If I follow what the law of the land is telling me, am I ultimately disobeying God? Mm-hmm. If I ultimately disobey God, then I'll decide how I want to obey. Mm-hmm. So what am I really saying? This is what I'm saying. The point is we live in a house, in a home or in a community that has laws. Mm-hmm. As Christians, let's try as much as possible to live within those laws. Mm-hmm. And then be at liberty. To do, to do what you want within the limitations of the law. But as long as those laws are not causing you to disobey God, to disobey God is the ultimate authority in any given situation. Yeah. So, what we need to realize is that if we become rebellious, simply because, no, I don't, I don't agree with this, I don't want to be masking up, I don't want to be doing social distancing, mm-hmm. What you are doing there is you're not being sought and that, but you're simply being the one who's rebellious. Now, 
in these tools, in, in this case, we must be able to see what is it that I can do so productively with uh, with full with full vigor as it were or full involvement, but protecting or maintaining uh, the the social order as it were because of the yeah, yeah there's, there's something you've you, uh, you brought to my mind that uh, it might not be a good takeaway from yeah. this, but uh, it's even possible I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to something the other day uh, that you made me remember yeah. what I was listening yeah. the other day, uh, where the, the, the people who were speaking basically saying there's a way in which we as Christians should be sharp. Yeah. <laughs> there's no use getting arrested for no reason. Yeah. yeah. And so, if what is required for me to go out and minister to the neighbor, if what is required for me to be sort and light mm. is for me to follow some, some guidelines I might not agree yeah. with, uh, mask up, sanitize every three seconds, whatever it is, <laughs> if yeah. that is what is required for me to be in that space to yeah. minister to my neighbor, I should do that. Right? There's no point in me, you know, no, I won't do any of this. You know, I get myself arrested for no reason. Now, then, how am I helping my neighbor? Then you fail to be sought and light yes, your neighbor. Because, granted, you, know, yeah. right, you can be sought and light in a, in a, in in a, a one by two yeah, prison. prison cell. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's not, help, that's no. not, it's not exactly mm-hmm. helping um, uh, the, the situation. So, there's a certain level of sharpness yeah. uh, that, that, uh, that sober minded, yeah. so we have a it. Where there's work that has to be done, uh, and there should be a rational approach to what is going on, mm-hmm. not not unaware of the danger, mm-hmm. but because there's things we need to do, and so we're out there um, finding ways in which we can uh, avoid the bully outside, yes, yes. if you will, yeah. because the solution isn't. <laughs> I know because yeah. life has to be lived on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to to let our viewers know yeah. that I, I, I've heard about this a lot of time from Christian. No, we rebel against the government, yeah. and then I'll ask them, "So, what's your basis of rebellion? Yeah. Have they told you to stop preaching the gospel? Have they, have they told you to stop worshiping? Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. They've just said, in view of the pandemic, these are the guidelines, yeah. and in God's providence, we are living at a time when there is." Zoom, all kinds of media platforms that can be used. Yeah. Now, when we become rebellious, yeah. when there's no need to be, what we're actually doing is we're portraying a bad picture of Christians to the world and are failing to be sought and matter. But we must show the world that, yes, we are obeying the governing authority because we recognize that there's only one authority. Yeah. That's God's authority and it it reveals or manifests itself in different levels of authority. And we will obey them, but within the guidelines that given, this is what we're going to do. People give an example of John MacArthur in the US. Yes. Now, I always say the context is different, but even in, in the case of Zambia, if I could use the Zambia case. In John MacArthur's case, when there was a court who closed down churches, him and his orders, they did follow that. Mm-hmm. They closed and started using other avenues, but also following the measures given. Mm-hmm. The issue came about now when the mayor in the mayor of California began opening other yeah. businesses and just saying church no, religious places no. Yeah. 
Now that's why the issue was. The sense of how do you open bars, shopping places, and then you say church now. Church is essential. So the context was different. But in Zambia, the president or the government doesn't say, no, don't go to church. Yeah. They said, you can go to church, meet within an hour, yeah. but these are the guidelines. Yeah. So they're not stopping us from meeting or preaching Christ, but they're just saying, in view, this is what you should do. Now, that's what you must be able to distinguish. But if the president of Zambia said no churches, and then bars and everything else, yeah, then we would disobey him. Yeah. Because ultimately now, we should not neglect yeah. the meeting together. So there, there is an actual line that can be crossed by the government. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, they can do that. Yeah, because there's, there's also another point of view where mm-hmm. Romans 13, mm-hmm. whatever they say, they, they say jump, we say how no. high. Well, that's the team. <laughs> if they tell us, like in Acts 5, the apostle told, never preach in the name of Christ. They look at them and say, now you tell us. Yeah. Which is right, to obey you or to obey God. Yeah. Because it's God we are obeying yeah. our yeah. So we will preach Christ yeah. and we will disobey you. So if the government would cross that line and say, no preaching Christ, no church at all, but then everything else must lie, yeah. then you will say, no. Then in this case, just lock us up. Yeah. Just lock us up because we will be good. Now, thank you very much for that, Pastor. That was, uh, that was good. Uh, we'll get into segment number two, our book of the week, uh, after just a quick break. So, uh, yeah, stick around. Another unique thing here is our faculty. Um, you know, doing what we're doing has limitations. Um, we're a new institution and it's very expensive <laughs> to run an institution and we, we, we don't always have the expertise that we need. Um, so here with us, um, we've, got, we've got four faculty members, uh, myself, uh, Conrad Mbewe, uh, Paul Kayumba, and uh, Isaac Makashini. And all of us have you know, theological training and pastoral experience, um, and, and we're gonna be able to, to, to do that and give that on a permanent, ongoing basis. But there were some other pieces to the puzzle that needed to be filled. So we have permanent adjunct faculty um, that have made commitments to us. Now, these permanent adjunct faculty members are people who are going to teach the same courses year after year during a one or two week period so that all of our students get the same training. This includes people like Tom Askell, you know, who come in and help us in the area of theology. Um, Jim Renahan, who is arguably the foremost Reformed Baptist scholar in the world as it relates to Reformed Baptist theology. Um, Renahan's going to be coming and, and teaching us. Um, and then Joshua Stoley, who is the, that high-ranking official in the United States Air Force, who really helped us put together this program. Um, so uh, Dr. Stoley will be coming and uh, teaching in the area of institutional chaplaincy. Um, these men and others who have signed on as well um, will come in every year and do those same courses so that when a person graduates from ACU School of Divinity, um, they've all gotten that same level and quality of education from our permanent faculty uh, and our permanent adjunct faculty. You know what excites me 
about uh, what we're doing at the African University is that it's not primarily about buildings and structures and so forth. It's first of all the curriculum itself that we are building and putting into place. But secondly, it's also in terms of the faculty that we are recruiting and bringing together to deliver. Uh, we have, uh, for instance, at bachelor's level, yes, we, we have guys with, with masters who are no doubt putting in their best both from within the Zambian context and those that we have uh, brought in from elsewhere. Uh, but also when you think in terms of our master's uh, level program, uh, we've got individuals who have uh, doctorates from the most uh, reputable universities uh, around the world. And they, they're coming in to, uh, to lecture and to model what it means to, to have uh, a ministry here. I mean, every example is having Dr. Vodipo come, come not just to teach a week or two a year, but literally take residence in, uh, in Zambia and be part of the African Christian University. I mean, even people in the U.S. are saying, hey, hang on, let's, let's rush over there. Uh, what is it that he has seen that uh, we haven't yet seen? So those of us who are in Zambia and Africa should realize just how privileged we are. Um, because, I mean, it feels like uh, himself, but others like, for instance, Dr. Thomas Cole and, and, and so on, are individuals that have actually even written books in their specialties. Um, I'm involved as well, and you know, a lot of you might know that I've also written quite a number of books. I mean, my latest one just came out uh, a few weeks ago, God's Design for the Church, which has been sold uh, right around the world. Uh, so, th th this is not just uh, a quick sort of um, frying the pan kind of uh, team being put together. These are, these are a proven lecturers in their field. They, they have not only studied, but they've practiced, they have written, and they're now being put together to become the faculty for uh, this university. What more can we ask for? God has blessed us in Zambia, in Africa, with the African Christian University, with a top-notch faculty. Let's come in and benefit from the blessing of God in today's world. Alright, Pastor, what is our book of the week? So the book of the week is a summary of Christian doctrine, a doctrine by Louis Bacon. Now, this is, uh, it's, as it says, a summary. So there's, there's a systematic theology by Bacon, which is a bit intimidating when you look at the science. But this is like, I'll call it like an appetizer. Yeah, yeah, they give you, not dessert, but appetizer. The main meal is yet to come. Yeah. So... They make, they give you enough, but not enough to make you full. <laughs> but enough to want to say, look. Make you realize yeah, there's, there's food. Yes, there's so food. Yeah. 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 So he deals with uh, a different topic, justification, the person of Christ, the, 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 the Trinity, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and all those things. And he doesn't go in depth. He just tries to, he helps you have this basic 
I understanding of each of those topics so that hopefully this will give you an appetite that wants to read either his systematic theology or any other systematic theology which is a bit more detailed. So I would encourage if you are a young Christian, even if you've been a Christian for some time, you want to have your, 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 your mind uh, around certain doctrines, begin with this. And I can assure you, once you start, you want to read the bigger book. Yeah, this was this was mandated reading yeah. when I became a Christian. Yes. Yeah, uh, we had to work our way through the, the discipleship that we were doing at the time. Had uh, about ten books. Mm. Uh, there was this one. There was the Christian Life by Sinclair Ferguson. Yes, uh, the Sovereignty of God by Pink. Yeah. And, and sketches, other, sketches from churches. Too. Yes, 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 sketches from churches. Mm-hmm. I think all of those books are here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what is our rating for this one in terms of easy to read? No, easy. I mean, this is this is this is five. It's a five. It's in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's it's five. Yeah. It's you can easily make your way through this yeah. book, yeah. and he gives definition and he said providence. Yeah. He tries to define providence and then shows you from the scriptures. So get this book. And I can assure you, you would want to read this big systematic theology. <laughs> it really is the appetite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, thank you very much for joining us. We hope that you take time to track down all these books that we keep recommending to you week after week after week after week. Uh, yeah, because they are a valuable resource. Tell us what you thought of them, uh, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. Let's interact. If you have any questions you'd like us to address, uh, within Coffee in the Library, please send them to us through social media channels, private message if you want to, uh, feel free. Uh, we'd also advise you, please um, encourage you to share the show with a friend, share it at the beginning, share it at the end, uh, whoever you think is going to be benefited by what we're discussing, please share it far and wide, want to be a light on a, a, a lighthouse on a hill, pointing people to the shore. Alright, and uh, feel free, please subscribe as well, wherever you are finding this, uh, so that you can see more and more of the content as we release it. Alright, the pastor, till the next time. Thank you. See you. Alright, bye.